0: This episode is sponsored by Epic. Epic has a huge library of more than 35,000 high-quality, popular children's books, videos, quizzes, and more for children 12 and under.
1: Epic is perfect for homeschooling, learning, and curriculum, with thousands of books on every subject and topic. Plus, kids can reinforce their learning through quizzes and additional recommended content, and we have found that it's really great for lazy unit studies right
0: so much fun so many rabbit holes
1: (laughs) (laughs) they just pick a topic and there's always a book (laughs) um and usually several to choose from and they can learn all about whatever they're interested in at the moment and it's like right there at their fingertips which is so handy you don't even have to go to the library
0: It's one of those resources that you feel no guilt about your children using because there's no apps or in-app purchases. It's kid-friendly and it's safe. And it's, so it's screen time that's actually good for your kids.
1: And millions of children around the world are using Epic, which I think is so great because we hear from overseas families all the time looking for resources um, because they are English speakers and they're looking for um language english resources in the place where they are that where they don't have to bring you know hundreds of books with them in their suitcases and try to track them down in a country where english isn't the main language so um that's really helpful it's also
0: really great if you're in a rural setting and you don't have a huge library
1: because it definitely with thirty five thousand titles that's a lot definitely (laughs) a lot of kids books yes Um, You were talking about um, why Epic is so safe, and there's a lot of parent features, um, including you can track your child's progress with a digital reading log. Parents can create personalized collections for their children through their parent dashboard. Parents can create up to four customizable child profiles per account, um, and they have... Like books that your kids are actually wanting to read.
0: <laughs> so many good ones, like A Wrinkle in Time, Where the Wild Things Are, National Geographic, Good Night Moon. They have The Chronicles of Narnia
1: and The Velveteen Rabbit. And Curious George. Oh, I love Curious George. I love George here. So Epic is normally seven ninety nine a month, which is a great deal. But we have partnered with them to get our listeners two months absolutely free. So just use promo code SISTERS when you sign up for Epic at getepic.com and you'll get your first two months totally free. That's getepic.com and use promo code SISTERS for two months free.
0: Hi there and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast.
1: I'm Kate. And I'm Kara. And we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We
0: don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side.
1: Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Oh, man. This is a good topic today. Yes, it is. We're going to talk about siblings. Oh. We're just together so much. (laughs) (laughs) I love when
0: people in public ask, like, do they always get along this well? And you're like, no. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Wait, wait till we walk in the door.
1: (laughs) Yes. And they'll do something lovely for each other. And then, you know, you're like, oh, I'm so proud. And then 10 minutes later, it's like, yeah, something. So I don't know. But we have the perfect person to talk to. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Okay, first, though, we want to let the sisters know that our third poolside professional development episode so. is coming out next week. So, ladies and the two gentlemen that listen, <laughs> start your library website slash Amazon cart. I yep. don't know
0: <laughs> Your wish list. Your whole list.
1: Yes. We're going to talk about all the books that we're going to read over the summer. Some, like, some are professional and some are just fun books that we're just sharing. But it sounds so good to say poolside professional development.
0: I know. That's what you have to say you're doing when you're sitting there.
1: It sounds very it's, fancy. It's
0: important to have professional development.
1: Right. And, and I mean, we're nothing if not fancy. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fancy to the max.
1: <laughs> we're so fancy. So uh, we'll be sharing all kinds of books next week.
0: I'm excited.
1: I am too. But first we have this week's episode with the fantastic Lina. Lina Sutherland of Homeschooling Without Drain Wheels. I love her. I love her too. She's one of those people that we've like known forever, but we don't know how or like when exactly she came into our lives, but we're just glad she did.
0: Definitely. Blogging is weird like that. You can't trace it back. Yeah. Because yeah. there's this period of time where you were just sort of, like, stalking another person that you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then at some point, it's like, oh, we're friends now.
1: <laughs> right. You have to get past the... <laughs> the initial weirdness. The restraining order phase. No. <laughs> <laughs> the That's my friend. They just don't know it yet phase. Yeah. <laughs>
0: My internet friend. Yeah,
1: that's my internet best friend. She just doesn't know it. But every time she's like, "Read this book," I'm like, "I'm gonna read it." Every time she's like, "Buy these earrings," I'm like, "Done. I don't even wear earrings." Still, you were so it. right. Yeah, that book was awesome Yes. Yeah. So Lena blogs at Homeschooling Without Training Wheels. She has an awesome Facebook um page where she does Facebook Lives every Tuesday night, which are amazing and helpful Mm -hmm. and then now she's because not everybody can always make it every tuesday night she's turned that into a podcast so we'll link to that in the show notes so people can find that and the facebook page and then she has a new podcast on top of that a second new podcast
0: she's a busy lady
1: yeah and so she has one specifically about siblings called sibling relationship lab so we will link to both of those. And today she's going to join us to talk about the wonderful, challenging, completely unique relationship that siblings have with one another and how we can, I just, I love the way she talks about it because, I mean, she's got eight kids, so I think she knows a thing or two about sibling she relationships. Knows what <laughs> she she's talking about. <laughs> But the way that she talks about like honoring each child and like kind of diving deep into why there might be tension in a particular, you know, sibling interaction or something. It's just really good stuff. So I'm glad she's joining us. I am, too. Should we give her a call? Yes, we should. All right. Here we go. Hi, Lena. Hey, Lena. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, We're so glad you're here. 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 Thank you for joining us. Um, To get started, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your family, and the work that you do?
2: Sure. So I have uh, eight kiddos. My oldest is about to be 14, kind of blowing my mind. Um, He'll be a high school senior next year, also blowing my mind. Um, And my youngest is... um, I can't do the math anymore, but he'll be two in August. I'm I'm beyond where I know how many months old he is. But, um, <laughs> anyway, so we have four boys and four girls, and they're all kind of randomly scattered in there between uh, 14 and, you know, almost two. Um, so our house is busy. It's a happy busy. But, um, you know, I always say I never put my feet on the floor in the morning, unsure of what my purpose is <laughs> that day. I always have. Um, usually the day greets me with a job. So. Um, and we've been homeschooling since the beginning. I was homeschooled a number of years, my parents philosophy, which I feel like was a great foundation for us now as adult children, their, their philosophy was always, you know, that we have a responsibility for our kids' education, whatever that might look like. And they just took it year by year, kid by kid, you know, what does this kid need? What gifts do they have? What, you know, needs do we want to meet? And then, you know what is that going to look like this year? So I was homeschooled for kindergarten, and then for 11th and 12th grade. And so I um, always wanted to be a teacher. But I also knew that that was kind of like a short term thing. And that once I had kids, I wanted to stay home and homeschool them. So I taught public school until my oldest was born. And then I was, you know, a mom at home and and homeschooling. And um, so, you know, I know, some people talk about accidentally homeschooling, I just not really that you know, i like this is what I wanted to do since I was a kid. So I was blessed to be in a place where homeschooling was a very normal choice. So it wasn't really like a big learning curve for me, which was very helpful. And and we have like a hundred percent supportive family on both sides. Everybody just thinks it's fabulous that we're doing this. So that's that's a big plus too. About um oh about Seven years ago now, almost eight years ago, after my fifth child was born, I had my first episode of postpartum depression. And then um, as we added more kids into the school, you know, like as kids became like officially school aged and things got harder and harder, I started um, kind of reconsidering how I was doing school just because like things that can work when you only have two and they're really little were not working anymore, and so I actually started a blog, like a free blog, over on Blogger, just because I wanted to kind of experiment with things, and I wanted input from my mom, who's kind of an educator at heart, and my dad, who is like um, a math teacher in hiding. Like he taught me calculus my <laughs> senior year of high school, just the two of us, and we I would sit at his office with him, and we'd do calculus together. Um, and my brother and sister-in-law who are both educators by trade. So I thought like, okay, I'll just do this little blog thing and I'll share with them stuff I'm trying and they can give me feedback and whatever. And then after a few months, a friend said, "Um, so what are you doing with math these days? And I was like, well, actually, randomly, I have this thing that I've been writing and I can show you that. And then she shared it with a couple of friends. And anyway, it just kind of went from there. I was friends with some people who were doing blogging as more of a regular thing. And, um, so it that, that part, I definitely did become an accidental blogger. That was definitely accidental, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's been so fun. And I feel like one of the greatest benefits has been the community, just the, the people that you meet in that line of work. Like I always I, like, what, what are you guys coworkers? Like associates? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call the other people that you know who blog and, you know, do online fun things. But anyway, that's to me been one of the greatest blessings. So I did start out writing primarily about homeschooling. But um, since I have a lot of kids, and since a lot of my audience was also people with a lot of kids, um, one of the issues that came up a lot in, in reader emails and things like that were was sibling issues. Because, you know, I think all parents struggle with sibling issues. But when you're homeschooling, and they're with you all day long. It's like it just puts it under a microscope and you're just like looking at it close up all the time. And so um, it was definitely something that I was or like not past tense am dealing with all the time, every day. And so um, it was an area where, you know, I felt like, you know what, I think I have something to share here. Not like solutions and fixes, but like just encouragement and perspective shifting and um and purpose, you know, to give moms a little bit of, um, just a, a reason for why they're doing what they're doing and how to think about it. Um, and, you know, and just how to be less overwhelmed and panicky about it. So over the last couple of years I've written a lot specifically about siblings. Um, it's last summer I started a course about that, which has been, you know, I've really loved doing that because I love the direct interaction with folks. Um, I wrote some devotionals related specifically to siblings, and then just recently even started a podcast specifically about sibling issues. So that's kind of been where my heart has been hanging out for a while now.
1: Well, no, that's, <laughs> that's wonderful, because you've definitely sort of become the go-to guru for sibling things, and now you have a podcast, too, um, and all sorts of resources, and I feel like The families that I've met, there's lots of homeschooling families that I meet that have really large families. And then, you know, you meet homeschooling families like mine where it's two kids. But kind of no matter what that dynamic is, there's unique challenges. And then, you know, my two kids are very different. And like you said, they're together all the time. And I think that's really unique to homeschooling, Um, you know, kind of being... (laughs) All of us, parents too. Um, all of us, we're just sort of like together so much <laughs> more. And, um, you know, we don't get like maybe that break. So what are some of the things that you recommend for helping siblings to sort of get together, like get along more easily, uh, work together more easily side by side, because a lot of what we have to do every day, I mean, they're they're right there with each other
0: they're sharing space which is often one of the things that causes some of the drama.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: I think you know one of the one of the things which is you know always kind of the last place that we think to start but I'm sure it'll make sense once I say it. So one of the things I think that helps moms the most is to start by considering what it is they're doing because you know I know we wake up in the morning and we're like okay, we have you know these things we need to do for homeschooling, or we have somewhere to be and we have to be ready for co-op or whatever. And the, the sibling arguments feel like, you know, okay, that was an obstacle. That was an interruption. That was a waste of time because we have these things that we have to accomplish. Um, and what's funny is that, you know, homeschoolers are so big on like, you know, lifelong learning. Like, if you're walking in your neighborhood and there's construction, you're like, guys, let's see if we can identify all the construction vehicles and let's, (laughs) you know, talk about, like, what are the different divisions of labor here? And, you know, I wonder, you know, if this person had to take out a loan to, you know, like, there's just this whole world of learning that comes, right? But when when a relationship conflict happens, we're like, oh, waste of time. We just need to eliminate this as quickly as possible. Instead of saying, like, oh, great, here's an opportunity to put into practice those things that we've been talking about, you know, like at other times, or the stuff we discussed from that book that we've been reading about, you know, the person who had issues with other people around them, because like every story involves people having issues with other people around them. (laughs) Um, And you have this unique opportunity in your home. Like I, I, the name of my podcast is the Sibling Relationship Lab, because in the home, you have this kind of unique setup where, I mean, you know, we all know that in the adult world with relationships with other people, things can get like crazy messy, right? And there's there's nobody policing that. <laughs> there's nobody who's like, okay, you were wrong and you need to say you're sorry. And, you know, it's his turn. And, you know, it's kind of like you, you kind of have to fend for yourself and you have to sort of mediate like, is this somewhere where I need to apologize and I need to go, you know, like, um, be considerate of their feelings. Or is this a situation where this person doesn't want a relationship with me and keeping working on it is like burning up useless energy. And I should, you know, like it gets, it gets messy. Right. But the home is a place where I'm not saying there's not mess in the home because there's mess, but it's kind of like controlled mess. Like there's a mommy who loves all the people that are involved and, um, there are, like, some similar expectations for everybody, you know, even, like, even in a way that's different than if your kid were to get into a tiff with somebody on the playground. Like, you know, if if a kid on the playground pushes your kid, like, I don't know, what does that mom think? Does she just say (laughs) every man for himself? Or is it, you know, you have to take turns? Or is it, like, whoever was there first gets it? Like, you know, there's, there's not even a you, you know, uniform like world expectations about how children are to behave or whatever. But in your home, you have like slightly more control over, you know, just the, what are the rules? What are the expectations? And you love them all and you, you know, and you're caring for all of them. So they're all, they're all safe. They might not necessarily feel it in the moment, but they're safe. Um, so, okay, so all that to say, I know that that really wasn't your question. Your question was like, what should moms do when, you know, the kids are fighting to help them get along? But I really think that the first thing that moms can do is just to bring that attitude of like, it's okay. This is not an emergency. This does not mean that they hate each other. This does not mean that I'm a bad mom, you know, but just to bring that attitude of like, right, these are two human beings who are packed full of big emotions. And who do not have the tools that even some adults do not have for managing <laughs> so conflict between, between adults, right? So instead of, instead of being like, oh, no, I've done something wrong, it's all going haywire, be like, oh, okay. So I didn't know that, you know, he had a fear about her, you know, mishandling that piece of information or making fun of this thing or whatever. So it's like, okay, something's been revealed, that I didn't know about before, or maybe I'm seeing a pattern now, or I'm recognizing that there's a particular insecurity that's behind this ongoing issue or something like that, which, look, I'm not saying that I'm always like so in the moment that I'm able to be like, oh, thank you, Lord, for this amazing insight and opportunity. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's an ongoing process. Um, And sometimes we're not really in the mood for like the learning opportunity. Like, can we test out the scale in the grocery store? No, we're just going home. (laughs)
1: can't do that right now. <laughs> so, that's great, though, because it, it points out that, you know, it's it's sort of a double-edged sword being together all the time because yeah. you're together all the time, but you're also right. together all the time. And there's a right, lot right. of good, positive things that can come from that and lessons that right. can be learned and things that then our kids can take out into the world as they get older and interact with others and have new relationships. So that's yeah, really that's a powerful yeah. like mind. Such shift to think about it that way. I and like I,
0: it. You're sorry. It's like you're studying your children and gathering data, like a lab.
1: I love yep, it. Yep, yep,
2: yep. And you know, I definitely think that it's a hundred percent valid to make sure that people have alone time during the day, especially depending on the personalities of your kids. And I am a huge proponent. Like you know, you can tar and feather me now, but I am a huge proponent of electronic screen, audiobook device usage to manage that. Because look if if we were apart from each other all day long and and we never saw each other and the only time we were together was from like 6 to 7 p.m. and we were all staring at devices while we ate in separate rooms or something that'd be bad right but as homeschoolers we forget that we have the opposite problem we have plenty of interaction we have plenty of together time like we are not skimping on the together time so if you say like guys look for a couple of hours i want you in your own space like for me we don't have enough rooms in the house unless we use like the laundry room and the front porch, you know, in the pantry, there's not enough rooms for everybody to have their own room. So devices and headphones can give everybody kind of like their own space. And my husband said something like, you know, aren't you concerned that that's going to um, kind of put them in their own world and they're sort of divided from each other. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going for. And he gets it, you know? Um, but You know i think we we say like okay i don't have like a maid and five servants and all that but i do have this technology at my disposal and you know there's so many choices about what they could be doing when they're on there but i do think it's appropriate it's like um you know it's like anything else you would want to accomplish maybe a closet that you want to organize or you know some math learning that you want to do or something it's okay to say you know what We have more work to do on this, but we're not really capable of making forward progress right now. So we are just going to step away and we're not pretending like stepping away makes it all better or it's all done or it's all taken care of. But it's okay to acknowledge that there's still work to do and we're just not going to work on it right this minute. Mm -hmm. You know, the same thing with like, oh, it would be lovely if I could say to the kids, go get in the van and they all could just kindly agree about who's going to sit by the baby and who's going to sit in the front seat. And there might be days where we say, look, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how we can have a kind conversation or how we can, you know, take turns or how we can whatever. And then there may be other days that it's like, you know what, we don't have time for this. You sit here, you sit here, you sit here. And that's okay. Like if somebody else is waiting on us, it's polite for me to like cut to the chase, tell everybody where to sit. It doesn't mean that we've solved that relationship issue. It's just like we're stepping away from that for right now because we have something we need to do. And like backburner that until some other time.
0: So that was actually the get in the van made me smile because I, I w- as you were describing some of the sibling conflicts and collecting data and working through it, I loved that. But I'm thinking where we have the most trouble are those transition times. And they're things that we do all the time. <laughs> We've been doing it all year long and it's not a surprise. So what do you do in the moment where they're fighting, getting in the car, or they're fighting, I mean, I, we have specific battles that I can anticipate that are going to happen, like, okay, it's nine o'clock, so that means this one's gonna, you know, even if we talk about it before, how do you stay, what advice do you give to moms who are struggling with being present in the, and maybe even empathetic (laughs) in those, in those Um, moments that are ever present?
2: Okay, so, there are certain times of the month where I know that it's not the time to change my homeschool schedule, you know, like, um, you know, like, you know, you have those days where you're like, everything is wrong. I'm failing at everything. This is stupid. I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, we need new everything everywhere now. And then you kind of go, wait, no, I'll probably wake up 48 hours from now and everything will be lovely and this is not the time to make all those radical changes. So I think that's perfectly okay to do with our kids too. Like, you know, they're having one of those um, like meltdown, like drag out, like crazy moments and you're like, okay, I don't think this is actually like major character issues happening. I think this is transition or this person didn't get enough sleep or like we... um we all had either food poisoning or a stomach bug or something last like Thursday into the weekend. And, um, <laughs> I'm laughing about it now, but <laughs> that, you know how, like, even when you're better, nobody's like actually sick anymore, but they're all just still like kind of tired and out of it. And, um, we made an attempt to just sort of do regular school this week. Cause I thought like technically everyone was well, and it was probably a mistake. But, um, so I had two, um, who are, Bigger and generally more like able relationship-wise. Um, screaming, pushing, throwing soup and water at each other in the kitchen yesterday. It was like bizarre. you know. <laughs> and and there's a part of me as a mom that's like, oh no, these are the ones that are supposed to know what to do, and they're not, you know, doing it. But it, it was kind of like, okay, so that's not cool, and we're not going to continue it, and we are going to clean up the soup, but. You know, I'm not going to panic like, oh, no, all their character training has regressed and it's all been erased. Like, you know, it's it's like the kid version of PMS. It's just not yep. today. The
1: kid <laughs> yeah. <version of> PMS <laughs> I always say it's like behaviors like an iceberg, like you only see the top 10 percent of an iceberg. And, and yeah. so you're seeing whatever behavior. But underneath is the other 90 percent. That's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all these complex issues going on. And it can be you know, I have a teen and a tween. It can be hormonal. Um, With little kids, it can be overtired, overstimulated. Mm -hmm. Um, We all get hungry. We all get, you know, grumpy for various reasons. So I think, you know, that's a big thing. Just stopping, like you said, and saying like, this is not like a huge issue that I need to completely reevaluate everything and change. This is a moment and people have bad moments sometimes and when we're together we have bad moments with each other and i don't know there's just something about that sibling relationship i remember back to some of the fights that my sister and i had that were so just picky stupid Pointless, you know, I mean, just the most ridiculous things. And I think it was just because we just I don't know, like we knew that um, eventually we were going to work it out because we loved each other and we had to live in a house together or something. But I mean, that sibling relationship is just it's a unique thing when we're young and living in a house Amen together. <laughs>
2: yes. So I one of the episodes, one of the first three episodes of the podcast is about whether siblings should be best friends. Yeah, because I feel like we all have this dream, you know, like, why did you have a second kid? Because you wanted your first kid to have a friend, right? Like, that was mm-hmm. the thing you're supposed to have more than one so that they can be friends. And that's so important in their growth and everything. And then you watch them, you know, <clears throat> out in the neighborhood or at co-op or church or whatever, and they're so sweet and everyone says how nice they are and, you know, they have good friends and then they come home and they act just hideous to their siblings. (laughs) And you're like, what is the deal with that? Like, why are, why, how can they be so nasty with each other? And, you know, and you know that they love each other, but why do they do that? Well, I mean, it's actually not a mark of the, um, like it, it's not a mark of the relationship being shallow. It's actually a mark of the relationship being deep because, you know, if you think about it, like, you, you know, I watch my my daughter out in the neighborhood with her friends. She's really careful how she steps and what she says, because like, I don't know, what are these people going to think of me if I say the wrong thing? Or like, if they say something I disagree with and I push back, like what will happen? I don't know. I, you know, like I don't have this confidence that this is forever. Whereas in the home, You know, the claws come out and I'm not saying that we encourage our kids to rip into each other, but the claws come out because that's a safe place. That's a safe place to say exactly what you really think. And, you know, I shared this in the podcast episode, but my husband often like he just kind of cuts right to the chase and he's so wise about these things. But I asked him as I was planning for this episode, like, what do you think? Should siblings be best friends? And he said, I don't really think it's a question of like, should they? They just they are if you define best friends by like the relationships that you've put the most blood, sweat and tears into, Mm -hmm. then they just are best friends. And it's not about like, who do they love hanging out with or like who seems fun to be with? It's like, where's the most investment been? And where's the most like security and long-term commitment. And it's, it's siblings, you know, at least at this phase in their life, it's siblings.
1: Wow. That's good. That's really good. good. Yeah. He's so
2: wise. Yeah.
0: I, f- I feel like I need to confess that, and you guys already know this, that two of my kids last, right before we left for vacation, got out of the car and were kicking each other and one ended up in the walk <laughs> We thought one child's foot was broken. I won't say which one. They were both. And that child wants everyone to know that the other child was also kicking, just didn't damage the foot. But I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to leave for vacation. <laughs> just the energy gets high. The emotions get high.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, yeah, there's something. I mean, a sibling can set us off like nothing you know, nothing else. But then, I mean, I think going through all that stuff together as kids that helps you become best friends. Maybe. Later oh my gosh, in you have so life. many Absolutely. stories. Yeah. So many yeah. Stories, right.
0: Adventures and dramas and. You know, Mm -hmm.
1: and you always have that person too. Um, Like I just have one sibling, but I'm so grateful for her because she helps me so often confirm that I'm not crazy remembering things. Because like my parents talk about this trip that we took to Florida when um, I think I was in like fourth grade and we went. And my dad talks about like oh when we went golfing on this beautiful golf course and my sister was like overheating and my mom was like giving her wintergreen lifesavers in an effort to like cool her down because that was literally all she (laughs) had. And, you know, my, da- my dad will like wax poetically about like, it was the best trip. Wasn't it so great? And my sister was like, it was not a great trip. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you were there. You know, I'm so glad. <laughs> Validation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not crazy. I, I don't remember everything being perfect. So, <laughs> um, so another thing that comes up and we got some questions about this is that um, there's one mom and there's however many kids. And sometimes mm-hmm. that jealousy can cause some sibling issues. So can you speak to that at all and kind of? Yeah,
2: so I'm I'm a big proponent, proponent for um, tracing back to insecurity. I think so many things in all kinds of relationship issues, but especially in the sibling issues that we're looking at, can often be traced back to insecurity. And this actually, I feel like it ramps up the older that they get. Because you know how when they're little, they all like they're completely oblivious about what anybody thinks of them like they will wear whatever they will dance around in the front yard they don't care like they don't have any um you know they just don't have any sense of like what do other people think about me and what i'm doing right and then when they get a little older you know maybe in that like 9 10 range then they start to be a little more self-aware and this is a good thing because you know we want our kids to be like oh wait If I, you know, if I sing out loud while my sister's trying to read, then, you know, that's not going to be helpful. So it's good to be aware of like, what are other people going to think of what I'm doing? But when you're brand new to that kind of experience of the world, it is completely unsettling. It is a very insecure feeling to all of a sudden be like, wait, people have opinions about me and they might not always be positive or what I wish they would be. And um, so you're, you know, you're dealing with things that like, children who before were kind of happy-go-lucky, all of a sudden now they're constantly like um, second-guessing themselves or, you know, like, "Uh, mommy, mommy, I'm so sorry I did this. I'm really, really sorry. And I'm like, "It's no, it's fine. They're like, I'm not even sure why you thought I'd be upset about that. You know, like, um, and I feel like all of those kinds of insecurity lead to conflict between the siblings because they're you know, they're kind of floundering. They're like, you know, it's like a drowning person who will like yank down anybody who comes near because they're just looking for something to hold on to. And so that absolutely applies when it comes to, you know, their desire for one of their greatest senses of security, which is you, you know, your attention from you and love from you. And so if they feel like their siblings are threatening that security, um, you know, then they're absolutely going to go after their siblings as their competitors. And sometimes it's because they really do need, you know, more time with you or more validation or something. But many, many times it's really just a matter of perception. Like you love them, you are encouraging them and listening to them and you are spending good time with them and all that. But for whatever reason, they are feeling like, you know, that there's something missing there. And um, especially when I talk to moms of, of large families. And they say like, how do you, how do you do one-on-one time? Like, how do you find time for, you know, each of your kids to have one-on-one time when you've got, you know, eight or whatever. And I feel like God has a way of showing us who needs something right now. Like, I'm not super good at like, oh, well, every third Thursday, it's this child. (laughs) And then Saturday afternoons is this one. Like, I am not that organized, but you know, things come up where it's like, okay, you know what? This one is struggling particularly right now. And so this is the one that I'm going to wind up like sitting on the edge of the bathtub at 10 o'clock at night talking with this one because, you know, she's struggling with something. Or this is the one that I'm going to wind up like pulling onto my lap over and over and over again during the day because he's having another meltdown about another sibling who took the thing that he had in his mind intended to do next, you know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes I think, I mean, I, you know, I definitely think it's good to have intentional times where we like, okay, I'm going to, you know, go out on a little date night with this one, or I'm going to, um, you know, take this one with me when I go grocery shopping or whatever. But sometimes life just tells us who needs a little bit more attention. And I think it's good as a homeschool mom to feel free to go with that and not be like, Oh wait, you know, I had like three 20 minute sessions with this one and now I've got to balance it out. And no, I mean, it's good. You know, life, it's good that life doesn't make all of our children panic about all of the things all at the same time. It kind of, you know, they kind of take turns in a way. And so I just, you know, I would say, go with it. Just, you know, see who, see who is particularly needing you and and kind of shore up that security and uh, and then see what happens tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love I love that. Um, I have a friend who has five kids and she ha- what is what is it that she always says? Um, fair doesn't always mean equal. And I think that's so wise coming from a family with, with five children because, um, you know, one of the dynamics I run into with two is if this one gets it, this one gets something else. You know, my daughter was in the hospital last week and my mom brought her down um some slippers and you know comfy things for the hospital and then she's like but I've got to do something for you know she wanted to do something for my son too to like equal it out and it's like I mean that's wonderful that she wanted to do that but she also comes from that experience of two kids and you know the exact same number of Christmas presents the exact same dollar value you, you know I mean when we were little and stuff and and so um yeah, it, it's not, it, it can't always, I think, be completely equal because there are just going to be certain times when a child needs more and to be able to give ourselves permission from that, it just removes so much like extra added stress that we put on ourselves. And absolutely. Yeah. 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 And we've had exactly the same experience. I feel like there are some
2: things that I came to more out of necessity, like they would have been wise anyway, they would have been good things. And, and I don't know if I would have gotten there on my own. But, you know, because of having eight kids, it was kind of like, oh, well, they're all helping with chores now, because like, there's no other option. We need them all to help with chores or something like that, which like, okay, well, that would have been a good thing to do anyway. But sort of necessity forced me into that. And I feel like the whole fair thing was one of those two, where it's like, there's just no way. Like, if somebody invites one of my kids on an outing, like I can't be like, "Well, you have to take all their siblings, to get, you know, <laughs> take this kid with you on an outing." It's, you know, and they and so they've gotten pretty used to. Like, there are just times when somebody is getting something, and somebody else, you know, not everybody is going to have that turn or some equivalent thing. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah. This episode is sponsored by Bookshark. You choose to homeschool so you can have the family life you imagine, full of good books, interesting discussions, laughter, and inside jokes. You want a flexible lifestyle that lets you sleep to a reasonable hour, sneak in some me time, and still have energy to get the kids to their clubs, rehearsals, and co-ops.
1: Bookshark's four-day literature-rich curriculum allows for this lifestyle, while giving your kids a top-notch education so they can accomplish their dreams. And Kate, you've used Bookshark in your homeschool, haven't you?
0: Yes, we've used it several times over the years for both history and science. And this summer, we're actually going to have a human anatomy and health unit study because my kids are so interested in it right now. So we're actually that's going to be our main thing we do this summer for structure.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. So with Bookshark, you can use it as scheduled in the 36-week instructor's guide, or you can do your own thing and skip around and join the books and hands-on science activities whenever and however you like. If you're a parent always on the hunt for a rich variety of learning resources for your voracious learner, Bookshark is a curriculum to know about. Head to bookshark.com to browse curriculum, download samples, or request a catalog.
0: This episode is sponsored by Big Life Journal. Get ready for takeoff. Big Life Kids podcast launches on May 29th.
1: Big Life Kids teaches children to stay resilient, believe in themselves, and face life's challenges with confidence. In each episode of Big Life Kids, Zara and Leo will travel the world to discover the living heroes that are making a difference in the world today. Visit
0: the website to subscribe and receive a free song as a gift from Big Life Journal visit www.biglifejournal.com slash podcast.
1: And for more information about Big Life Journal, head to biglifejournal.com and you can use the 10% discount code HSsisters. Bulk order discounts are also available for homeschool co-ops and groups. Just email Vanessa at biglifejournal.com for more information.
0: I was just curious if you have any you know, for the people out there who like to read, if you have any favorite sibling or parenting books?
2: That is a great question. Okay. So my favorite parenting book is not a, um, it's not sibling related and it is a Christian resource. It's called, um, I think it's the title of it is parenting. Um, actually, I I remember Misty Winkler talking about this one time on a podcast. And they were talking about like, I think this is Scully Sisters and what they just finished reading. And Misty said, I've just finished parenting. And everyone's like, (laughs) congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) So the title, the official title is parenting. And then the subtitle is something like 14 gospel principles or something. But um, and I can look it up later. It's by Paul Tripp. But the thing that I like about that book is that it's not like hacks. It's not like tips and tricks, right? Because I feel like, you know, like if you were to come to bed and you looked over at your husband's, you know, bedside table, I don't know if hubbies have reading stacks or whatever, but, you know, and there was a book like, you know, how to fix your wife by Friday or like how to have a better wife in three steps or something, you'd be like, okay, I'm not a project. I'm a human being. Right. And so I feel like sometimes we get into that kind of project mindset with our kids and I look I'm not saying that strategies or tips are not good and you know definitely as we chat mom to mom it can be like oh this was really helpful or I did this or you know whatever and that's great but I feel like as an overarching approach we need to think of our children as like you know like Charlotte Mason said like they're they're people they're tiny humans you know and so there are some ways in which we're different and there are some unique you know role differences in terms of like being the parent versus being the child but there are tons of ways in which we are very, very similar. And so I love that his book um, does a good job at kind of considering, you know, it's not just like, okay, here's how to make your kid do the things you want him to do. But it's like, here's how to think about, you know, your heart and your attitudes. And then, you know, how that relates to kind of downhill, like that wisdom, sharing with them. So it's not, it's not directly sibling related, but I feel like Anything that helps you think about your children in that way is absolutely going to be beneficial for um, sibling stuff and all the other things.
1: I love that. Have you guys read the book Siblings Without Rivalry?
2: I own that one, and I haven't read it. I okay.
1: Because that's the only book
2: that I know of that's like, that's a sibling book. So, yeah, yeah I should
1: I remember reading it when my kids were tiny, but I haven't in years and years. And I remember at the time thinking, like, it had some good nuggets in it, and it was helpful. Um, But, you know, of course, the dynamic changes, too, as our kids Mm -hmm. get older, and the things that used to be issues stop being issues, and then you get brand new. (laughs) Right. I read it when my kids
0: were tiny, and it didn't apply then. Our sibling rivalry kind of kicked into high gear fairly recently. Mm-hmm. So I almost read it this summer. It's, on, it's in my stack.
1: Maybe we can add it to our poolside professional development. Yeah, I think I might actually just see
0: what I think about it now because I know people love it. and yeah. But I think yeah. all of those things are also just, you know, teaching you how to think about and handle your own emotions, a lot of it. Yeah. Remember we're the we're the grown ups. So sometimes you can really feel like pulled back to like, just stop. <laughs> Everybody stop yelling. But you have to remember you're the grown
1: up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah I there, think, <laughs> Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Um, one of the things I've said a lot to moms before is that if your kid is having some kind of struggle that, you know, like in your mind, you're thinking like, I don't get it. I just really do not get it. Like, why do you even care who sits in the front seat? Or why do you even care? Like who's going to use the red cup or like one of those kinds of things? It's like, I cannot even relate. Then you need to zoom out. Like you need to pull back the focus and go, okay, I don't care what color cup I get. But are there things in life where I feel like I need to have things just so so that I can feel at peace? And it might be things that make no difference whatsoever to my kids, right? Like my kids don't care if the counter is cluttered or not. But it might drive me crazy. You know, so I can I can kind of like zoom out and remind myself that like there are things that bother me if they're not the way I want them to be and I can be sometimes nasty if I, you know, don't if it's not the way I want and I'm you know, sniping at the people around me who I feel are to blame for things not being, you know, what feels like right and peaceful for me. And so just that practice of zooming out, like if you're saying to yourself, I don't get it, then you need to like pull back a little bit and be like, okay, but there's something like this in my life that I can relate to.
0: Sounds like me every Sunday afternoon. (laughs) I've had to have conversations. I try not to, but every Sunday around three, I start to get really stressed out about everything that's everywhere. (laughs) So
1: yeah, you just want to reset everything before week.
0: Yes, put it all away. Monday's coming. (laughs)
2: Yep,
1: I love that though because I love that that approach is about like honoring your kids as people and seeing them as individuals, and I think that that's just. That's just something I really believe in, that our our kids are people, even though they're small, um, you know, they they have big needs and big, um, big opinions sometimes about things that we don't understand, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's not valid. I mean, to them, it's incredibly valid. So however we can kind of find ways to honor that, I think is really good. Okay, so shifting gears just a little bit, you have this brand new sibling podcast, but you also have started doing your Facebook Lives that you do, is it every Tuesday night? Yeah, yes, yeah. Tuesday every Tuesday night. Now those have become a podcast that people can listen to.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of funny. I started working on this this sibling podcast, and I guess I just, I don't know, I must turn, my gears must turn really slow in getting things started because I've only put out like four episodes of the sibling podcast, but I actually started working on it last November and getting my stuff together and figuring out like what is podcasting and all that stuff. Um, and at the same time I was working on that, um, uh, my readers were saying, okay, I love the live videos, but I can't always be there. And is there any way we could listen to it like as an MP3 or something? And I thought, okay, well, I mean, if you're going to pull an MP3 of something, um, and you know, I needed to edit it a little bit and all that. And I was like, well, I might as well just make it a second podcast. So I've started alternating you know, one Saturday, I'll release an episode of the Sibling Relationship Lab. And then the next Saturday, I release an episode from the Live Without Training Wheels show, which is just kind of like the repurposed audio from the from the show. So, yeah, it's been fun. I didn't really set out to I have a homeschool that. podcast, <laughs> but yeah.
1: Yeah, we didn't either. <laughs> it's funny how those things happen, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Well, we'll make sure that we link to both of those in the show notes. And then you also have um, a course that opens up in at the beginning of June, right?
2: Right. Right. Yes. So um, and this is one of the things that I love, love, love the most about my job. Um, You know, it's it's fun to write articles and podcasts and things like that. But I really love being able to interact directly with with folks about homeschooling things, but especially the sibling stuff. So last summer I launched this course. It's called the sibling opposition solution, which, you know, the acronym is like SOS.
0: like <laughs>
2: <Help>. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it just walks you through um, and the, and the very first module of the course it's called mom's mindset. So it's like a lot of the things that we talked about today, just kind of like getting your head in the game. What are you doing? Um, the first lesson is a switch from instead of thinking of yourself as a referee or as a judge, which most moms do to thinking of yourself more like in the role of a marriage counselor, because your goal is not necessarily to like pick a winner, you know, plaintiff or defendant, it's to know the hearts of the two people and where they each need work and growth and to help them both grow in ways that also, you know, grow the relationship together. So, um, so the, the course is, you know, it's, it's for moms. It's not to fix kids. It's to help moms to be equipped and especially to have confidence. Because I feel like, you know, one of the struggles that we have isn't just that the kids are fighting. That's definitely a struggle. But like 90% of it is that they're fighting and we don't know what we should be doing next. That's what makes it feel panicky. Like if you, you know, if there's a spill on the kitchen floor, that's a problem. But then you know what to do about it and you just do it. And it's, it doesn't make you like feel overwhelmed. But if there's a spill on the carpet and you don't know how to get the stain out then that makes you feel you know panicky. So just to to equip mom with some some tools and some strategies we spend a whole module talking through like apologizing forgiving making it better and yes I include the Daniel Tiger song about saying you're sorry is the first step <laughs> Ben, how can i help <laughs> and i'm sorry you might have to edit out my singing because it's terrible but no no, no.
0: we <laughs> I always always sing and i'm either. not going to sing it but we always sing rest is best like <laughs> i sing that all the time for my kids that want to stay up late and wake
1: up early <laughs> rest is best yeah. rest is best <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. well that's so, yeah. amazing so that opens
2: this summer and it's something that i only do a couple times a year because it's not like it's not like just out there for people to do. I'm, there's a forum that goes along with it. And I do live, um, coaching sessions to go, you know, so that people are not just consuming information, but it's more of a dialogue and a good place to ask questions. So that's why I only do it a couple of times a year. Cause I want to do it at times where I can invest. So I, I'm going to open the registration for that, um, the first couple of weeks of June, and then the course itself will run the last two weeks of June and through July. So it's a six week course. And, um, you know, content set up to, to drip throughout that time period. So you can kind of keep on top of it as you go. And yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. That's, that's kind of my most fun thing that I do a couple times a year.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. And then, um, yeah, if you could just let everybody know where to find you, cause I know they're going to want to check out your Facebook lives and we'll link to both of your podcasts and things like that, but anywhere else that you'd like people to be able to find you.
2: Sure. So um, I'm, you know, my website is Homeschooling Without Training Wheels. The URL for that is hswo, I know it's weird, hswo training com. Or if you're interested in the Sibling Relationship Lab, I've actually got a URL set up for that. So you can go right to siblingrelationshiplab.com um, and it'll take you basically right to the page on my website that has all that information. I'm on Facebook as Homeschooling Without Training Wheels and I'm on Instagram as hswo training wheels. So Perfect.
0: it was so good to have you.
1: Thanks, yeah. and before you go, we always like to ask if there's something that's bringing you joy right now.
0: Yes, yeah, so I
2: have a well, a new to me desk. I have been for the longest time. I don't have an office really I don't have any space that's my own, but I just have like this one segment of wall in my bedroom where for a long time I had this drop leaf table there and it's not meant at all to be a desk. And of course, there's no drawers or anything like that in it. And so I just decided, like, I need a desk that would make me happy. And I found it on Facebook Marketplace for like 75 bucks. And it's one of those, um, you know, you buy like at the unfinished furniture store and, and somebody had stained it. And so this lady, I went to pick it up and she's not, you know, not an elderly lady. She's probably like my mom's age and, um, and she's widowed. And her husband had purchased this for her and stained it. And she's moving into a smaller you know, place because it's just her now. And she, she was selling this. And it was kind of sweet. It was like she wanted this to go to a good place. And when I got it, oh my God, it all set up, I took a picture of it and sent it to her on Facebook Messenger. Like, it has a happy home now. Aww. So it's just made me so happy to have actual drawers. And I, I have an Instagram highlights about like my desk and how I set it all up because it is definitely bringing me joy.
0: That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. It's important to have a little space for all the things.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. I think that makes it feel more official when you're working at home, Mama, when you have your own space, too. I think that really helps. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. What about you, Kate?
0: Um, I just went to Jamaica. (laughs) That's that's been my thing. Nothing's going to top that for a while. I might be saying it until the end of the season.
1: (laughs) What was your favorite part of being there?
0: um i i just loved having all my people together in such a pretty warm happy place surrounded by happy people and it it was just really nice to be able to you know we were in a resort area so you could spend time with each person one-on-one and the others were happy and that doesn't always happen in life that everyone is equally having a blast And it was just really, I don't know, it's just, I said I would be happy all the time if I woke up in weather like this. (laughs) would. It's amazing how much energy goes into staying warm and like (laughs) seeking seeking light. (laughs) You take that off my plate, I was just like, woohoo, like it doesn't matter, I'll do whatever, I don't
1: care. Aw, yeah, all fine. Yeah, it was
0: really good. Good, good. What about you, Kara?
1: Well, so um, my daughter was in the hospital last week and that was not bringing me joy that was not fun except there were some really good things that came out of it like um they were just the nurses were so kind and they really had things set up for kids at the hospital um where they could get movies um they have more of like a room service set up than like just yucky hospital food where they deliver jello at you know (laughs) um tons of ice cream available and things like that and um so what we decided that we wanted to do because we kind of realized in being there that we were really lucky we were just a couple of minutes from home um I mean my daughter has two parents who are married and get along well so we were able to you know trade back and forth and things like that not not all kids have you know some of the things that we had in place not all families have those things that we had in place so we're gonna put together um some bags for kids and um their caregivers for when they go there so i'm just we're really excited about that we're like brainstorming a list of things like um you know like warm comfy socks um, but with slip guards on the bottom because you don't want yes. to fall and slippery hospital floors and it's so dry. So we need like lip balm and stuff like that. And I kind of put the idea out on Instagram and there have been some people that um, want to help out with that. So either through donating or through learning how to make their own bags. So I'm going to be working on that. and We can put some links in the show notes later. But awesome. yeah, lots of gratitude there that everything came out okay and that we had such a positive experience overall. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of the show notes, we will put links to everything that we talked about with Lynna today. And Lynna thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank
2: you. This is thank this is you. My great...
1: Thank you for having me. When you
2: guys start doing the sisters after hours shows, <laughs> yeah, I'll come back to one of those.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We'll
0: happily have you.
1: <laughs> um, we're gonna get my mom loopy. always says everything's funnier after eleven. Yeah. Eleven a.m. or p.m. No. <laughs> 'Cause we're pretty much done by about what, three yeah. or four in the afternoon. Yeah. That's true though. That's true.
0: I, I wish I could go after three. But
1: <laughs> even when we were away, we
0: were in bed, we could hear everybody partying and we're like, We're so lame. <laughs> 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 but we're up with the birds. We saw sunrises and
1: Yeah. You know. They can have the late you night can't hours. Help who you are. <laughs> yeah. Totally. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lena. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. Okay, you guys have a great week. All Bye. 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 Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question.
0: We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and
1: Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister.